What's up, Familia? We have a very special guest today in the Power of X-Men podcast treehouse. And Sean, I'm obsessed with our guest today. I know, you just want to stop talking about him. I know, I can't because he's one of the OG cosplayers on Instagram. I feel like I can't believe everyone that. <laughs> Folks, we have Luigi in the house. It's Super X Luigi. Hey, Familia. <laughs> you fucking troll. <laughs> yes, I'm glad to be here. We're happy yeah. to have you. We just met for the first time a couple of months ago in LA. Yes. We had a happy hour with my brother, Namor, and Jason. Yeah, that was that was an amazing time. That was a lot of fun. You were my X Men. Yeah, you were my hair twin, which I was so happy about. And then I cut my hair. Yeah, what happened? Yeah. I had like a Britney moment. I was just like, you know what? Like, fuck this. Like, I want short hair again. And now I regret it. But so I'm gonna let it grow out in time for WonderCon. For WonderCon. Because I want oh, I want so you... I want to do Nate Gray for WonderCon. Yes. If you need and any Luke... help. You know, you got two you got two cosplayers here. I I I've already I've already obsessively been messaging Sean about Nate Gray and like what yeah. I have to do for this. So I'm sending links, trying to trying to give him advice. I'm still not holding my breath to see if you actually do it, but... No, bitch, I'm gonna do it, I swear. The one advice I have from doing Rogue yeah. is don't don't put in, um, like, the white uh, hair hairspray. Like, get get white hair extensions and then cut it to, like, you mean like form that to rogue. your hair. Yes. That yes. Rogue right there. Yes. Because there, 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 was, there was ones I did before, uh, and I did the white hairspray, and it ends up coming out and doesn't show up. Who, who did we have on the podcast recently that was like, I did that white stuff on my hair and it like really breaks your Was it Chris Cosplay? Literally, literally Chris Cosplay yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, I can't remember everything. Yeah. The short-term memory. The short-term the only, memory. The only problem is if it's a character and it's like your hair. It's hard to get, as a male cosplayer, it's hard to get a good wig that yeah. looks decent. Where, where all... do you get a good male cosplay wig? Asking for a friend. Look at you, Sean. Um, yeah. <laughs> I literally will just dye my hair for... Uh, Would so you? There was, a, there was a period where I wanted to do some like good pictures with Captain Britain, so I just dyed my hair blonde. That is commitment. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure for like WonderCon if I want to do... I'm thinking of doing Captain Marvel, like the original... And I think I would do a wig because I don't think I would get go all blonde. your blonde characters. Just go blonde and do all of the blonde Just... characters you want to do. <laughs> I love that. that... Have a blonde be a chaotic bottom in crisis. Yeah. <laughs> so, Luigi, we're having you on the podcast today for our Halloween episode, and we're calling this Super Luigi's Haunted House. And we wanted Perfect. to talk about. We wanted to talk about ex-villains with you, and I'm going to kick off with a question. This is our Oprah question for the episode, okay. which is, what, what do you think make ex-villains so special? There's just like a humanity behind a lot of the ex-villains. And so you're you're kind of like, oh, uh, you know, that's, that's why even like Magneto, he's never like really bad, really good. And, you know, oftentimes I... I uh, I always had discussions with friends like, would you be a brotherhood or would you be an, would you actually be an X-Men? Brotherhood, brotherhood. 
<laughs> what? <laughs> I would no, you would I'd totally be, be an X Man. Yeah, I would definitely be an X Man. You're such a Boy Scout. No, I'm, I'm a Brotherhood. I I feel like I would be one of those that um, switch teams. Uh, You're on X Force. You're on another one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm on X Force. Or more like an Emma Frost, which is I I feel that maybe you would be servicing the cause, not the ideology. It's like what's best for mutants. You're not playing this Xavier versus Magneto bullshit. You want to yeah. get shit done. Yeah, and and sometimes those those pesky humans get in the way, you know. <laughs> Fuck those humans. But you know what? That's interesting that you said that because we've had the Lee Waltz, Eric and Julia Lee Walt, who, of course, were the showrunners for X-Men 92. And they were very deliberate in how they wanted to introduce Magneto because they wanted to establish the U.S. government as being the real villains for the series and the Sentinel program. And so by the time we introduce Magneto, even though he's supposed to be, quote unquote, the bad guy, his side may not be wrong his approach may not be wrong there may be some truth yeah. in his approach so i agree with you in terms of magneto and what make x villains in particular when you think of other people's rogues galleries is that the the, the x villains are very well realized and they're just not these black yeah. and white motives behind it yeah i mean i mean you got a, you got a few that are just wacky but like for the most part yeah, like, if you look at, like, the Krakoa era, you know, some of them are end up on the council, a lot of them get forgiven and, you know, given a place in society. So it's not like if you look at, like, the Batman rogue gallery, where the majority are just psychopaths, there's not really that many redeeming qualities to them. Yeah. So I think you make a good point. That, mayhem you know, and murder. Exactly. Although I love the one bad day series that they do for the Batman villains, where they talk about that one day that just pushed those Bat villains off, and and I it's I think we're very lucky as X fans and as Batman stands as well that we have very fully realized villains, and I think that's yeah. what makes yeah. the stories very compelling. We've been having a lot of discussions about the X Men coming into the MCU and what we want to see. Yes. Who would be yeah. the villain? you'd love to see in like the first inaugural x-men movie oh so uh well i mean like i i, I would love i still would love like a you know not not a, a fox version but a but a good magneto i, I feel like he's the classic x-men villain so i, I think that would be a good I, I i was so excited about apocalypse but then that was just uh messed yeah. up so it was ivan ooze think... <laughs> yes and he was just going hey, around hey, giving yeah. everyone haircuts yeah yeah um i i still don't think it was the worst uh x-men fox film but um it was definitely up there wait wait i'm sorry sidebar which which fox x-men film do you think is worse for me it was last stand oh yeah, yeah. over I... really over X over the apocalypse one. Over apocalypse and over uh, Phoenix. <gasps> uh, Whoa! Oh. Get that deep cut. Well, the only reason why I will give pushback to you on this, Luigi, is because I don't disagree that Last Stand was terrible, but I can forgive Last Stand because it's part of the Days of Future past timeline where it gets yes. erased. So okay. In okay. that regard, it got us to point B. But yes, it's pretty. When it was coming out in two thousand six, and we were like, "That's it. This is the end to the X Men trilogy." It was awful, and, and I think I was so excited by certain cameos of uh, characters in Last Stand, and it was like really sad. 
Yeah, wait, which cameo were you in particular? Um, Psylocke was oh, one. I know. <laughs> oh, I was so upset about that. And I'm forgetting the model who played her. But I was, I, but you know what? We got Olivia yeah. Munn eventually. I was very happy yeah. with Olivia Munn in Apocalypse. Great casting. Yeah, she chewed that scene. And we've been, we, we were in talks with Olivia Munn. And then, you know, obviously everything happened with the strikes. So we're hoping to resume them once, uh, yes. once the strikes are done so we can have her on the podcast. Let's get her on. I want to hear the tea. Yeah, we, well, I'm sure she's got plenty of tea. She was not happy with Brian Singer, as it are a lot of people out there, but that's another talk for another day. <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. Yeah, that's a, that's a whole yeah. other episode. Aren't you, aren't you close to West Hollywood? You could throw a rock and hit somebody that probably Brian Singer is, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> for sure. Uh, Got like... to find the young ones, you know. <laughs> Okay, back back to the question at yeah. hand. That, <laughs> okay, so Magneto. You want to see Magneto. You want to see a very... I agree. Um, if you're going to build a foundation for X-Villains, you need to then, have Magneto. And then, uh, I don't know, with um, the way the MCU, the direction is going, uh, I think, like, introducing the Shi'ar Empire would be oh, great. Yeah. So, like, let's get, like, Deathbird, um, maybe even something with the Brood. Oh. I don't know, because uh, out, out of the MCU currently, like, right now, I think I like Guardians the best. Yeah, I love I'm Guardians. Really, and I'm really excited for them to continue expanding yeah. the like the cosmic side of things, right? So we like Nova's coming out, right? That was announced. Um it's I think in general sweeps it's been announced. I think it was also announced as like a Disney Plus show. It's either very rumored to the point that it's all but confirmed, or they did say that it was coming to Disney Plus, that Nova was coming to Disney Plus. Because so we'll get see... Namor cosplay on here right? yeah. to fact check yeah. this. <laughs> but you can see like the Shi'ar, they've now got some scrolls, they've got you know the Marvels, you can add Silver Surfer, Nova, and eventually lead up to a big future flagship, you know, movie where you yeah. get a big, big crossover. And, and I think we need like a proper Dark Phoenix trilogy. Yes. Uh, oh, movie I trilogy. Well, what they need to do is and we've talked about this before you can't just do these x stories and expect them to land well with audiences the the, the beauty of x-men stories is that you built up towards them so you plant a seed and you let it grow bigger and bigger so something like dark phoenix for example you don't do that in just one movie you yes. have to you have to let you have to establish gene as the heart and soul of the x-men you have to let her turn into phoenix and then that fall from grace and that is at least three to four movies right there and by the way they did it fine in the first round it's just their dark phoenix story the actual story of dark phoenix yeah. sucked Beyond, yeah, the still, still the best like uh, X Men um, on screen version of that was the X Men animated series for me. Oh, that oh was yeah, the best, uh, oh, story so of that. good, so good, and I'm so excited that X Men '97 is coming back, and hopefully soon, we'll see how hopefully. that. Hopefully, I know. I was I was talking to a source today. And they were like, yeah, I think for January, we're going to be MIA. And I was like, wait a minute, but that's when that's when X-Men 97 is supposed to be coming out. So if you're going to be MIA for January, you're not going to be doing press for that. That makes me very nervous. So yes. um, I don't think they're making that January date. We just got to wait. What's, <laughs> a, what's another month? If it's what's another month? I love that they kept the classic uh, costume designs, but then like updated maybe like the hairstyles or whatnot like i'm I'm so excited for it 
I'm really excited for it too. We've heard nothing but great things about it. And I think they're going to be following the trend they did in the original animated series. So do you think for it? Cause you know, nowadays, like cartoons are made also more for adults or just as much for adults as they yeah. are for kids. Do you think they're going to make it more mature, the dialogue, the writing, the storylines, or do you think they're going to stick to some of the campness and cartooniness of the like the early 90s i i hope that they keep some of the camp but i hope it's still more geared towards the adult like i, I want those more mature stories but um you know if i if, if storm isn't bringing camp yeah i'd be disappointed i, I mean, if we, we we spoke with margaret lesh last year who was you know she put her job on the line to make sure that show got on air she talked about what family programming is supposed to be and family programming is supposed to be something that entertains kids but speaks up to the audience and especially to adults and i think it's safe to say that boda mayo gets that i just hope it's more than eight episodes for the first season like that we get a little bit a little bit more well so that's really interesting i don't know how they do this we've talked about that endlessly about like how do how do they do seasons now because there's a difference between how they order production episodes like sailor moon crystal for example the first season is only like 12 episodes i forget i have to like look at it yeah but it's 24 the production order was 24 they just divided it into two seasons similarly like they did with the shira dreamworks reboot so i wonder if they order 24 episodes or 20 episodes and they divide that First 10 is season one, second season is, you know, two, and then they reorder it after that. So I'm curious how they did they order 14 episodes and then are they going to divide seven episodes for season one and then another for season two? I don't know. With these cartoons that are like they're like 30 minutes long and they release a season. And I mean, you could just sit there in a single night and just binge the entire yeah. thing and you're like, I've waited, how many years is that? 30-something years for it to come back out? And you're like, and in one night I finished it. I'm going to wait another. <gasps> and now I forget years. about it. Yeah. Luigi, were there any ex-villains that terrified you while you were growing up? So speaking of the cosmic villains, the brood? Oh, yes. Uh, oh, my really God. Really freaking me out. I forgot which, like issue I was reading. So like, when I was collecting comics as, as a kid, I never, like what it, it was i was always getting back issues so it was like what i could find and so I, I don't know like what issue and i don't think i got the whole story but um it was the brood in, infecting the x-men and it, it freaked me out I, I remember checking under my bed for for past well the brood are legit the brood. terrified yeah I think for I think if I was like I was reading the question i was like what would i answer and i actually had the brood also because i think just visually they they actually look really kind of gross and like something that you might actually find you know if you're in the jungle or something yeah i mean the brood like that image of storm transforming into a brood where she's like this and then she just slowly devolves into like a brood it, it is terrifying there's something about like yeah. body snatching and like yeah. transformation yeah a body horror like that you know metamorphosis you know um i did book like or story i i just i can't do it i i can't like it it terrifies me and bugs in general just like give me like the heebie-jeebies yeah they're giant bugs with sharp teeth not not a good combination yeah. i 
you know which one always scared me was apocalypse and especially like age of apocalypse like i just pictured like nuclear war people enslaved concentration camps and like no regard for children or say like i the anarchy of age of apocalypse and apocalypse being a dictator that used to scare me as a child that's deep for a kid I well listen yeah. okay well first of all I'm going to tell you something the X-Men yeah. cartoon was very deep do you know the in the opening credits Jubilee is running from a mob that wants to lynch her and she grabs onto the like the the chain fence like this and her eyes are terrifying X-Men spoke man those themes were there that was terrifying yeah but let's be fair apocalypse in the cartoon had a giant a on his belt you've got your initials in your underwear basically do you know what i mean like... okay but that was hot shut up that was so hot daddy apocalypse in the animated show when he was here like when he was talking to mystique and he's here like i know more of this world than you can dream that is why i must destroy it i remember being like yes daddy apocalypse <laughs> take this world to the cleaners Oh, yeah, Apocalypse, like, definitely, uh, just uh, as a character, like, is a really scary villain. The yeah. the fittest. Did he not scare you, Sean? No, I mean, he, no, he didn't. He didn't scare me as a kid, though. Like uh, in the in the series, like he's yeah. really campy. I think he was like the he was like the male version of Storm's campiness. Like he had these like yeah. very verbose dialogue where he's like, "I am oblivion, destroyer of worlds," or something <laughs> similar to that effect. So didn't you uh, see the meme like with the Whitney Houston uh, song no. with Apocalypse? No, no, the animated Apocalypse. <laughs> no, please drop that in our All chat. Right. Yeah, I, I'll have to. I'll have to find it. I so the other thing with with apocalypse were the four horsemen. Like I went to a Catholic school, so like I believed in all. Like yeah. the apocalypse was nigh. We were all going to die. We're going to have to go to the hills, and Ilion Gonzalez is going to be our second coming of Jesus. But the the, the image of war going or famine going like this. Famine, yeah. Famine going like this in the anime show, and then all these people in like the countryside in France turning into skeletons. That terrified me. Yeah, I think they were scarier than Apocalypse, to be honest. Okay, but bitch, they orbited like Apocalypse. They were part yeah. of Apocalypse's story. So Apocalypse was the herald for these four horsemen. Well, I mean, technically, okay. they're the heralds for it. But anyways, listen, I digress. Okay, so not Apocalypse then. Luigi, if you've got to pick X-Men villain, scarce one between Apocalypse, Sinister, or Shadow King. Ooh, I- I'm still going to have to go with um, comics, right? Comic version yeah. i'm gonna have to go i'm gonna have to go with apocalypse oh there you go yeah because he's terrifying oh, i'm gonna say shadow king shadow king is but Sha- shadow king it, it was hard between shadow king and, and apocalypse because like possession he can read your mind you, you don't want people like picking out your secrets and you know what i mean you don't want people yeah. knowing your Pornhub password <laughs> like... exactly <laughs> One, two, three, four, I five, will, six. Yeah. I will say the <laughs> Legion TV show was really creepy. Oh, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Did you? Did you watch it? You watch it? it? No. Wow. No. You you watched it, Luigi? Yeah, it has a has a very creepy, creepy vibe. Yeah, I know I know Shadow King is supposed to be the main villain for it and Aubrey Plaza's in it as yeah. well. It kind of goes off the rails in in the later seasons, but were there it multiple is, seasons? Is Yes. Wow. There, there might that, have been three. It could have been two. I feel like that went really under the radar. It, it did. Was, it did. 
It, it did. I think there was a lot of hype for it, but I think it was so far removed from like the X-Men. It wasn't like the gifted where the gifted really got. Yeah. A lot of good publicity for whatever reason. I don't know if it was on FX or whatever, but Legion did not get the TLC it deserved. Legion didn't really feel that related to the X-Men universe. It did kind of feel like its own thing. It felt like a horror TV show, kind of like along the lines of like American Horror Story or whatnot. Okay, so they were capitalizing on the trend of American Horror Story, which was, you know so big at the time that legion was coming out so that like that would make sense i saw aubrey plaza when she was promoting the show at at san diego comic-con she was coming out of her hotel with the cast and i screamed to her i'm like aubrey plaza aubrey plaza the gays love you and i had this photo where she just goes like this and gives like the (laughs) biggest smile i'm like thank you aubrey plaza i think that was 2017 i believe i don't Man, I can't believe all the years are jumbled up together in my head now. Sean, you brought up Mr. Sinister. And one of the things that I feel is really telling of the character in today's Krakoan era is that Sinister is very flamboyantly written. He's almost very he's very theatrical. And that's sort of been the case with him for for a while now since the Utopian era versus where he used to be like a creepy geneticist back in the day. Luigi, do you yeah. have a preference on how the character how sinister is approached do you like him as that creepy geneticist who's obsessed with the summers family or do you like him as his over-the-top character that's just you know causing mayhem and sort of very theatrical I, about it I, I i like the theatrics i like the yeah. camp of the new you like the uh, camp minister sinister like legit he was creepy as a um geneticist obsessed with the summers family too so like i, I love those stories also but i think um the way he's written now, I, I appreciate it. What about you, I'm Sean? With you. You're with I, well, I've said, yeah, I've said it multiple times on this podcast. I think he's a lot better now than what he... I think he's more fleshed out, whereas mm-hmm. before it felt maybe a bit more one-dimensional. Like, yes. he was just... Like, it was a genesis, like you said, obsessed with the Summers family. The Summers family. Now, He's got a personality. Uh, he's like a like a Disney villain now. Do you know what I mean? Like he's just you can see him bursting out in song in the middle of a panel or something, and and you know explaining his entire <laughs> need evil that plot. To yeah. Um, oh my so god, I, I, Oda Mayo, if you're listening, please put that in X Men ninety seven. <laughs> and which issues were it that you had like um, it was like the gossip at the end of the comic from like the sinister bar. Yeah, it would be like overheard. It was almost like Gossip Girl. Like, yeah, I yeah. that. So good. Although a lot of them just never came to pass. I mean, yes, the, the Sinister, you know, newsletter, the Red Diamond newsletter, it was there for Hawkspox. It was very dominant during the Dawn of X era. And I think it's appeared maybe once or twice since then. But yeah, I, I like that. I, I don't dislike that element of the character, but I would just keep more of his, like, a little bit of his creepiness still in there, which I don't think they've done a good job of keeping that creepiness in there for him. There is an issue, possibly, where it's like, if you merge the two together, you don't want it to be portrayed in a certain, like, very negative, stereotypical light for how he's being written now. Mm. That makes sense. So, who knows? Okay, so Luigi, the real villain of the X-Men is humanity, true or false? True. I agree. I agree. And I think Hawksbox has done a good job of showing that in the in the House of X era. Speaking of ex-villains, since we are in a Halloween spooky-themed uh, episode, 
why don't we go into your top five list of villains? My top five. Okay. <laughs> yes. All right. Who's number five, Luigi? Who's number five? Who is number five? I am going to have to put Mojo. Mojo. Yes. Okay. Why Mojo is number five? Well, he is just, he looks creepy. Like, actually, he is a thing of nightmares. Um, yeah. Also. I mean, we've we, we've talked to Andesenti about him and his creation, and he was supposed to be emblematic of those, oh my god, what do they call them back in the ADCs? Like, CEOs who, like, bought companies and then ran them to the ground and just moved on to the next one. And now he's obviously more emblematic of, like, Reality Evil Andy TV. Cohen's, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Evil Andy Cohen's. But also, I, I love his uh, being as creepy as he looks. He's um, pretty ridiculous and can't be himself. Um, I love his uh, his hounds. Oh yeah, absolutely. Do you? And, and he has like the villains that he surrounds himself with, which Spiral. like Spiral being the first yeah. one there. I mean, do you, are you a big fan of Spiral? I am a big fan of Spiral. I would love to do, like, it's not on my list of things to do, but if I could pop out a gender-bent Spiral costume, that would definitely be a costume that I would want to do. I just don't know how to make all the arms happen. So I, there was a uh, a cosplayer last year at New York Comic Con who did Spiral. We went up to speak to her. She had no idea who Spiral was, by the way. And what? I was just like, what is wrong with you? Like, why did you go to such extent to do a perfect Spiral? And I was like, okay, that's weird. But then we befriended each other on Instagram and we were talking and she seemed to know who Spiral was. And then I was with Sean a couple weeks yeah. ago at New York Comic Con and I saw her getting food, like cheeky tendies or something like that. He was like, oh my God, a spiral from last year. Let me go say hi to her. And went up to her. I was like, oh my God, you were spiral from last year. Power of X-Men. So great to see you again. And she gave me this cara de mierda. She just looked at me and she was here like, okay, and yeah. walked away. And I was like, unfollow. Never talking to this person again. You are blocked. Um. So I'm pretty, what I'm trying to say is I'm pretty confident if this person was able to figure it out, you could figure out how to do the arms and do a perfect spiral. Yeah, I just don't know if I want to put that much time in in the costume. But it's a costume if I didn't have to spend so much time in and could uh, get out quickly, I would do. I have, I have a lot of, I don't have a lot of other costumes, but I have quite, uh, quite a few costumes that are higher on the list. Yeah. You could get a big T-shirt and get two friends and like squeeze into it, <laughs> right? And then just walk around the con all day together. <laughs> oh, you know what would be funny if you do if you go to the extent of doing this gender bent spiral and you get on the con floor and everyone's like, "What's up, forearm? What's up, forearm?" And you're like, "I'm <laughs> spiral. What the fuck is wrong with you people? I'm a gender bent spiral." Or they just uh, start calling me a uh, six arm Spidey. Oh yeah, yeah. What, yeah. Has I'm sure people have done six arm Spideys before. I'm new to the world of it. cosplaying. I've only been following well, cosplay for the last couple of years. You've never seen one? I want to say I have at like New York Comic Con or like at San Diego, but there was at MCM this weekend a Spider Man meetup that there must have been like forty of them. Okay, all the different types of the Spider Man from across the multiverse. But there was no, there was no six hundred one. There was a spider ham, which was quite funny with a big I love like, spider ham. Yeah, but no, no six armed Spider Man. So 
Luigi, wait, do you have a, do you, is there a favorite Mojo story that you have? Do you just love him from the animated series? So my favorite Mojo story is uh, the um, beginning of the Excalibur run yeah. is um, there's a, there's like a special before they release the, um, before they release uh, Excalibur number one, there was a, like a, a graphic novel. And it went into uh, the Mojo verse and his hounds and his obsession with um, Rachel. Yes. Wait. What was his obsession with Rachel? Tell us. I don't think I even know that. I'm not sure what his obsession with Rachel is, but um, I know that he sent his hounds after her. I mean, I'm sure it's the same obsession Sinister has with like Cyclops and Jean Grey. You're like, why do you yeah. have it specifically? I mean, she's a Summers. Him. She's a yeah. Summers. That's it. It has to be. Yeah. I and I'm sure you know a lot of things. A lot of things with Rachel and Mojo, especially during that era, the seeds were planted that never really came into fruition. So you got a hint at something much more larger and much more nefarious, but it never really came into fruition. So if people from the X office are listening, you have your assignments for the next X Men Legends issue. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, moving on from Mojo then. Number four on the list. Who do you have? Number four. I have Psylocke in Captain Britain's, or the former Captain Britain's brother, Jamie Braddock. I am so happy you put Jamie on this list. Why? Tell us, why, why do you love Jamie Braddock so much? Why is he so deliciously evil? He wears only a speedo. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty hot. I remember when Alan Davis was drawing him during Uncanny X Men. I had like the biggest boner for him back in like two thousand five. Yeah, it definitely awakened something. <laughs> was, there, was there like so? I'm less familiar with him. I I can picture what he looks like. He's got like the mustache, right? And he's in like the white, yeah. the white speedo. Why is he only wearing a speedo? Because he's crazy. He's crazy. <laughs> he cray cray. I think that he could rival uh, Scarlet Witch as far as um, reality warping. So he resurrected Psylocke at that time of Uncanny X-Men. Because he loves he loves Psylocke, but he doesn't really care for his brother. Yeah. Wait, it, it, he was part of the he's part of the Omega level mutants on Krakoa. Now I'm trying to remember what his name is. It Anarchy or Monarch? I think his his his, his name now is Monarch. On Krakoa. Let me go check. Let me fact oh, check he's this. Got a, he's got a um, name now. Mer name. Jamie Maradoc, Monarch, Marvel. I'm pretty sure it's Monarch now. But yeah, he his powers rival that of Scarlet Witch, of White Phoenix. And so yeah, he's Monarch. His current alias is yeah. Monarch. And he has a I crown. His, his powers are so cool with the quantum strings and everything. I... I've always said this. I think the Summers family gets a lot of attention in the comic books, but I would like them to focus on like the Braddock family. I would love them to focus on the Darkholm family. I would love them to like look at these different families and their dynamics because Jamie, Brian, and Betsy are equally as fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys see um there's a cosplayer called Jay Cosmic who did like a 30 days of Halloween? cosplay challenge where every day there was like a different thing from a list and he did um he did him for one of the days i'm trying to find 
which day he did it for. But yeah, he did he did the crazy speedo look and it's really, I'm really gonna have to check this out. Oh my god. We love Jay Cosmic. I don't talk to him as much, but he did an Adam X. So the second he did an Adam X, he was like my favorite human ever. Wow, he's doing those deep dives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He is. He's a big old nerd. And what did he do? He was with Demanda Martini recently, and I think he did Quicksilver with Demanda Martini. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah, I think he did Quicksilver with Demanda Martini. And he does... You know what, Luigi? You've seen him. He does a Havoc. He's really prominently known for his Havoc cosplays. Is he an East Coaster or a West Coaster? He's, he's Canadian. Is he what, Canadian? Oh, he's Canadian. Yeah, he's Canadian. But yeah. he's in like the Pacific Northwest, right? Canada like I think he's, he's in, in like, the west, yeah like middle west coast like he's in Alberta I think okay oh. I'm like geographically challenged oh I'm thinking so, because I think he went to Seattle for a con yeah, and that, up with Demanda. yeah that's why that's why I'm being thrown off there yeah, so it'd be closer to I that side of it I don't concept. know who he is but I definitely want to get we'll to send know you. his his work you're gonna <laughs> slide into his DMs and you're gonna be like what up Jamie <laughs> <laughs> he's pretty cool he's a he's he's a good guy okay who's next after jamie so we have mojo we have jamie who's number three on your list um apocalypse apocalypse yeah classic what stories of apocalypse in particular stick out for you age of apocalypse was a great run in the did 90s you, did you read it like when it was coming out or was it something you discovered I like read after. it when I was coming when it was coming out. Yeah, me too. Actually, like I've I've got all the original issues, something I'm very proud of. Um, that that was one that I went to the comic store and I was able to collect the whole, uh, the whole whole series, all the issues. So that one I had the complete complete series. So I started collecting comics like after the animated series came out because it was the animated series that got me obsessed with the X Men. Yeah, I mean, same. I I think for me it was a Fleer Ultra cards. That was sort of my gateway drug uh, into yes, Fleer uh, Ultra cards. Yeah, I love them so much. Those were like my gateway drugs. But this, then it was the action figures. Then it was the animated series. And I think my first issue of collecting was that Rogue mini series. That her very first ever Rogue mini series. Like that was the first issue I ever bought on my own. And then I went back and started getting things. And I don't want to say that was during Age of Apocalypse, but it was close enough where I was confused by the whole Age of Apocalypse thing, and I, I pulled on that thread, and it snowballed into my obsession to where it is today. Why you're a uh, Nate Gray fan. Luigi, the year was 2001. I had frosted tips. I was driving a silver Mustang. <laughs> I was listening to Blink-182, and I was listening, and I was reading Nate Gray, the X-Men series. That was such a vibe. I miss that era so much. Sounds very early 2000s. The Mustang, the frosted tips. <laughs> Y2K, Y2K culture. I was waiting for yeah. the world to end, but okay. So you Apocalypse, got... Age of Apocalypse. Sorry, Sean. So I was gonna say, do you, do you remember about Apocalypse? It was. It must have been the early '90s because I would assume the the first series of X Men action figures came out. It must have been for the the cartoon, but I remember, um, you know, like the very first series had like Cyclops, Storm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, Apocalypse, like the very skinny and, Apocalypse. And the very skinny Apocalypse who had, it was either his, like his arm would extend. And mm-hmm. I remember in Canada, we used to have this company called Canadian Distributors, RIP, went bankrupt in the 90s, where it was basically a store where you had a catalog and then you'd go to the store and you'd take, you'd look at the catalog and you'd find the number of the item and you'd bring it to the desk and then they'd go into like some back store to come get it. 
and Apocalypse was never available. And this is why he haunts me as a horrifying villain is as a kid over and over week after week, I went to get this action figure and it was never available. Bitch, bitch, go on eBay and buy for yourself. Now you deserve it and put it on your ugly mirror. <laughs> I think I eventually did get him at like a Toys R Us probably eventually. But yeah, I remember it, it, it traumatized me for a very long Apocalypse time. It's funny that you talk about that figure because I also did not have that figure, but I had a neighbor across the street uh, that had that figure. <gasps> and just... I was very jealous. And yes, I wanted to steal it, but... <laughs> <laughs> but you're a good boy. I was, and good. You... I was a good boy. Yeah. I didn't, but... Um, it definitely crossed my crossed my mind. Like, oh, he wouldn't miss it. <laughs> he was he was a from what I remember, he was a peg warmer back in the day in Miami, in Florida. Um, he's twelve ninety nine on eBay, guys. Go 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 resolve these childhood traumas and just go buy it. I mean, I have the Marvel Legends now, so oh, yeah, I love the Marvel Legends. Oh gosh, we 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 can talk all day about Marvel Legends, especially with Apocalypse, but. Apocalypse was always one of those villains that I think you, when you knew he was coming, something major was happening. And yeah. Cyclops, I, I remember the 12 as it was being published. And Cyclops was profoundly affected by 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 that possession and it carried through new X-Men. And that was such a hallmark of Cyclops during that era and what gave rise to his relationship with Emma. Because it really humanized Cyclops at a time when Gene was becoming a god. So... I quite I quite enjoy the apocalypse storylines when when they rear their when they rear their heads in the books. Although I don't like what's going on with him in Krakoa now. I'm definitely not a fan of the Krakoan apocalypse. But just give it time. They'll turn him bad again. <laughs> he'll he'll yeah, be he, back to being Yeah. Apocalypse can't be a good guy. Yeah. What I love about Apocalypse is that he's supposed to be emblematic of survival of the fittest and i think that's sort of been lost in the krakoan age so yes i i agree give him time he'll go back to his roots all right there's two more on the list we're now we're up to like silver medal so who is taking okay. the number two spot so number two would be magneto all right the most basic x-men villain but you know gotta love him love him as a villain i uh you know, as as a um, as a good guy too, he's he's great. But yeah, the, I, I think one of the most shocking stories was when he ripped out Wolverine's yeah. uh, Fatal Attractions. Yeah, when I was a kid reading Fatal Attractions, I was like, "Ooh!" And that gave rise to my favorite version of Wolverine, which is Feral Wolverine. You and Feral Wolverine, like I have such a boner for Feral Wolverine. Shut the fuck up! I just want, I just want a Marvel Legends Feral Wolverine. That's not, and I'm hoping we're gonna get it next year for the 50th anniversary releases for Wolverine. It, it'll come out eventually. Flink and I were having a debate on what color his bandana should be because the Toy Biz Feral figure that they released during the onslaught wave had accidentally a red bandana on it when it's supposed to be blue so yeah, it's blue yeah thank you there we go so we literally he was like it's red it's red i'm like it's blue and we literally had to google it and find out where we where, where he thought it was a red bandana and it all originated with this prototype for the feral wolverine toy biz figure which the the, the final version was blue but it was that that promo image that threw him off that's a deep cut. <laughs> Sean's like, I think I need to get a glass of wine after that yeah. conversation there. 
But I think Magneto always has like really great stories. Do, how do you feel about him with Rogue, though? Do you like him with Rogue? No, no. No, no, no really? No. Not even Savage I, Land. No, not Savage Land, not AOA. Okay. Rogue, so, Rogue so who do you want him with? With Cyclops. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. That's a really good and yeah. Yeah, well, oh my god, in the in the utopian era where where Magneto comes to see Cyclops and he's you're like, I just came to bow down before our new leader. I was like, Yes. Like, yeah. I can totally ship this. And it's a Greg Lynn art, which is always like very sexual. So yeah. Okay, that was a yeah, great I response, was... Luigi. Luigi, you're invited back on the podcast anytime <laughs> after that response. So I'm curious then, Magnetics number two, Apocalypse number three, you've got some big heavy hitters that are not in first place. So who is your number one? Who's number one? Who's number one? The Goblin. Goblin Queen. Yes! Natter and fucking Pryor. What's there not to love? Yes. Nothing. The Inferno uh, crossover is like one of the things that I think like solidified my obsession with the X-Men comics. And it was one of those that um, did come out after I started collecting, but it was like my mission to collect every issue of Inferno, which like, I don't think I actually was able to do till like the mid two thousands through like eBay and whatnot. But before I'd always be going to like different comic stores looking for Inferno issues, but I just love her her tragic story and um you know she was fucked over by cyclops and then um she uh released her her revenge on um the world i it's so first of all i agree wholeheartedly with you i think what makes madeline such a wonderful ex-villain is the tragedy behind her that she thought she was someone and she realizes she's a clone and yes her her husband left her to go back with the the the, the person she's cloned from and then her baby is being raised like it is it is a nightmare situation i will say though i defend cyclops and all of this too because sinister was stalking cyclops since he was a little boy in an orphanage sinister stole a genetic sample from gene gray without her consent sinister cloned madeline so sinister is the fucktart that has fucked over all three of these people and I think Madeline is so 100% in the right to be angry. And I love that about her story. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Don't know what is hitting well, me now. Well, I think the best villains always have to have at least a bit of um, understanding of where they're coming from, right? Because if you can't empathize at all with them, there's, there's, they're just really difficult to connect with in any capacity. So I think, like, you make a good point. She has so much stuff that happened that you're like, oh, I could see, I mean, you know. I could turn to a supervillain and that stuff happened to me. If I if I found out later that I was the clone of myself and my husband dumped me for my the the real version, I, I would be kind of crazy too. I don't know. I'd do. be like, just get me in like a timeshare somewhere in like Captiva <laughs> Island and call yeah. it a life. Sorry, no. <laughs> sorry. Sean, like, you get that revenge body, and then you make him feel bad <laughs> yeah. that he went back and not take the clone. That's but you know, it's the obsession with the Summers family. Yeah. Oh, but you don't need a revenge body. I mean, your cosplay, Luigi, like is everywhere, and you look absolutely incredible Thank in you. all the cosplay you do. Thank you so much. 
You need to be doing like a goblin prince. I have done a goblin prince. Shut the fuck up. We were just talking about this. Yeah. We've said we've never seen anyone do a goblin prince. I did do a goblin prince and I had a photo shoot with a friend that was the goblin queen. And um, it was just. Uh, Is this when you dyed your hair blonde and in, in that few month or two? Yes, you just did all yes, of them. That, that time period. Luigi has a spreadsheet, and he's just like all the blonde characters checking them so, off. Yeah, how come they never saw the light of day? So the uh, photographer, like, because uh, so actually, I my my friend was the one who paid this photographer to shoot this Goblin Queen thing, and she's like, "I want you to be my Alex," and I was like, "I'm totally down." So we did this photo shoot, and um, he just like ghosted, and we never we because we even rented a studio for the the photo shoot and stuff and we just never got the pictures back and i'm so, so uh, you so you've so, never seen them <laughs> never seen them and i was so upset because i like knowing that i was doing this i was like dieting doing extra gym for two weeks to look good in this goblin prince um outfit and uh yeah we don't have the photos so i did do it um but is there evidence out there not really not even not even like a selfie on your own phone or anything oh i i have i think i have some selfies oh my god give them to power of x-men an exclusive an exclusive reveal (laughs) exclusive luigi does goblin (laughs) prince photos from years ago um that is upsetting. Give me the name of that photographer. I'm tracking him down. I'm tracking him down. I'm taking yeah. his camera. I mean, obviously, some when, when things like that happen, because I had an issue with my wedding photos, and the photographer ghosted us. And I was like, what the fuck, man? If you just do a share drive and drop, I just want the photos. You don't have to edit them, nothing. Yeah. Just drop them there. Well, that, that's what we said, too. Like, yeah. we'll do the editing. You don't have yeah. to edit. Because he, he would do these, like, fancy backgrounds and, and whatever. And we're like, you don't have to edit it. Like, if it's not on your priority list. That's fine. We it. we get it. Just yeah. Um, we, we can just use the photos as is. Um, and we just didn't get them back. So I am furious for you. We're gonna go yeah. after this photographer. Like and watch was, out. But that was like pre pre pandemic, so it's been a while. Okay, well that's fine. We'll yeah. we'll, we'll we'll get so, those discs. <laughs> there's only one solution: dye your hair blonde and redo it. Well, you know, I might have to make a blonde appearance again for WonderCon. Let's let's uh let's make some so, plans for WonderCon. Are you going to WonderCon? Well, it's in my backyard, so I, I feel like I have to go to WonderCon. Wait, but you weren't here last you weren't there last year. I had COVID. Oh you had COVID? <laughs> like, bitch, where were you last year? Okay. I was I was uh supposed to go, but I had COVID. Okay, I think I, I remember you telling me you couldn't make it. I don't I don't remember yeah. what the reason was. Okay. Yeah, well, it was, yeah. COVID. I was like just uh I got sick three days before the con and it was like a pretty bad I was sick for a week. Oh no. Okay. Did you did you have like new builds that you had made just for WonderCon or were you kind of just going into the archive and I was going to the archives. Um I so since like the pandemic I've been kind of lazy, unmotivated. I've done a lot of characters that I love already. So trying to find characters that I am passionate enough to like spend a lot of time on the costume. Um, hasn't I, been there yet, but I'm starting to feel that spark again. 
I mean, you have like to. The- you need to bless the internet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I get like for when you when you're building a like a new cosplay, like you know, it's time, it's money, it's effort. So unless you really like the character, it it is a big investment of all those kind of resources. Yeah. And then you know, if you've only got so many characters that you actually like deeply love, like I agree, like sometimes you go like, okay, well, I've kind of done ones that I really like. I don't really want to spend hundreds of pounds making a mediocre character that I don't really connect with. So, um, right, you want and, to be characters you love. Yeah, I I just can't. Um, I end up spending way too much time on every costume I do because, like, I I feel like I often get bogged down in the details because I'm like, oh, there's this little detail on this costume that literally no one's going to notice, but I just have to like get it done in that way. And so it oftentimes I, I do spend too much time. And then I'm like, maybe if I just like was like, oh, I can cut corners here and cut corners there because this costume I don't really care about. Okay. So well, this as much. Okay. So For this fun. year then, 2024, do you do you already have a lineup of what you're planning to do? So yes, I want to do I have yet so this is one character that I am passionate about and I do want to do is I have not done Magneto yet. Oh. oh wait 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 so, which version of magneto i, I think classic. i'm gonna start yeah this classic yeah. uh magneto but i already have plans to um if i do classic to uh shift the costume a little bit to make the aoa version too <gasps> stop it i would love to see that aoa version of magneto please do it yes it's on it's on the top of the list Yes. Okay. So if you do it for WonderCon, I'm going to be Nate and Sean's going to be Captain Marvel. We could just rock like these big powerhouses there at WonderCon. Well, you know, you're definitely motivating me. (laughs) (laughs) But that's only one. So I know WonderCon's what, two, three days? Yeah. So I have a, um, um, do you know Jamie? I think Jamie FX on uh, IG. He does like X Men fan art. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. I think the name. He right. has. He oh, did Google. this version of Gambit mm-hmm. that I that I love. Um, so I think I'm going to. I already actually commissioned a guy to do the body um, to do the bodysuit pattern, but I just have to have the the suit printed. Hang on, but I'm going uh-huh. to Jamie's. I'm going to Jamie's Instagram page. But he does such wonderful builds, or excuse yeah. me, sketches. So very X Men heavy then this year. Very X Men heavy, and then uh, I think like a version of Nightwing that I haven't done. Oh, oh we love Nightwing. We're big Dick Grayson fans here. Yes. Well. I'm a Jason Todd fan, but sure. Oh, fan. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sean is a big Jason Todd fan. <laughs> yeah. Which is so disappointing because I brought it to New York Comic Con and then I left the con after like an hour. Someone was hung over. Someone yeah. was hung over. <laughs> Someone thought he could party with me. Yeah. I like Day- you guys stay out. Oh, not late. It wasn't like we, <laughs> we, we, we just started too early is the problem. And, and Dayspring <sighs> has like a hollow leg that. Well, actually, it's not even a hollow. Like he orders water, telling you that it's something else, and then you order, and then he orders you a real drink. So you think that you're drinking at the same pace, and he's like tricked you with. I can't be. And... I can't be the lightweight who goes home. I, Do you know how embarrassing that would be? I've I've spent um, 
you know, one one night with him at a bar. So <laughs> I think I know I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. But in my defense, Scott Free also left the con with me at the same time because he was hungover also. So you know what? I'm not the only one that uh, came to your, yeah, your case. No, we went to Soho House and you were like, let's get another round. Let's get another round. Let's get another round. And I was like, that was one crazy time at Soho House. Said no one on the planet, but we had a good time. Wait, so we're talking all about your future cosplay and stuff like that, but Luigi... Because you're one of the OG cosplayers on Instagram, I feel like even before I was officially part of like the X Men community, people were always sending me your cosplay. Like people who don't even read comics, they're like, "Look at this hot guy! He's you know Rogue, he's <laughs> he's Nightwing, he's Robin." How did you get started in cosplaying? Is that something that happened very early on for you, or is it something that came later in life? Um, it is something that came a little bit later in life because we went to a convention where we weren't cosplaying and I saw all these people cosplaying and I'm like, oh, this this looks like, these look like my people. I want to do this. So I just started cosplaying, but I was always really into Halloween and I, I would always like spend a lot of time on my Halloween costume. Do you know, I feel like cosplay is like the same origin story as like drag queens when they're like, I first did it on Halloween and then I just it took over my regular life. And yeah. Before you know it, you've got 800 costumes in your closet. And exactly. And now Halloween, it's like, I want to do something really chill for Halloween. Yeah. What, like, did, what no, did you my, do for my best? My best costumes come out for the conventions and they're always uncomfortable, so. I want something comfortable for Halloween. Yeah. You want something you can pee in for Halloween. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but, well, I mean, it's a practical thing. Like, if you're out at a bar, you're out dancing, you don't want, like, a con costume where you need, like, a 10-minute, like, unzipping, undoing. Like... I, and I never, for me, I never do the zipper at the crotch, except for uh, Cyclops. I did. I did end up cutting a hole because he wears the underwear, which you know. Yeah. And so you can just... Maneuver. Yep. Yeah. So who was your first cosplay then? Do you remember? T take us to the first con you did. What was the costume? Where were you? Yeah, give us the details. Luigi's first first <laughs> first cosplay. It was uh Walking Dead. I okay. loved the oh. show. And I did Rick Grimes, the uh Oh, you would be season a perfect one, Rick. Season one police officer, uh Rick Grimes. I, I did that and you know when you do your first con and you meet people and they're like oh my god I love your costume you just kind of get that high and you want it again so I was nom like nom. yeah I really like no 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 give a gay couple bits you'll love it sorry <laughs> and then uh, I think after that I did uh, Gambit oh okay yeah your Gambit is legendary that's a really good Gambit that you did yeah so, so all uh, the, oh, would ahead. you say would you say Gambit's your favorite X Men cosplay? Or I know you you've done Rogue quite a bit. It's one of the ones you're quite known for. I would say Gambit, 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 Cyclops, and Rogue are up there. But I I think my Cyclops might be retired. Why? 
Well, because we have such a good. Uh, <laughs> oh, I know. There uh, we you know. go. Right. He's a pretty good Cyclops. Yeah, we were at New York yeah. Comic Con. People were like Cyclops, and then you were just at MCM, and you got such great content with Chris. So yeah. you are good. But yeah, there's you, room uh, for two Cyclopses, though. You're no, of course, but your your friend uh, did a really good cable too. Yeah, yeah, he's fantastic. Yeah, and, and it, it, it helped it's so good together. Yeah, it helps when you have matching costumes. They're both bright costumes. It's easy to spot. So, you know, yeah, it's, it's a good one for anybody who's new in cosplay. Pick a bright character. It's just a very easy way to get get spotted. Yes, yes, bright characters. So, Luigi, how would you describe your cosplay? I would uh, definitely heavy, heavy X-Men, heavy on the comic side, and then video games video games some pop culture do you are you a good castle are you like a castlevania fan i am a castlevania fan and that is another plan i have for yeah because i i feel like you'd make a really good either like uh richter from the new one or um simon yeah i i want to do richter that's top of my top of my list and planning on making that costume after halloween Oh, what are you going as for Halloween? Actually, I'm going to Halloween Horror Nights tomorrow, so I I don't think we can dress up. So I'm actually not going to be wearing a costume on Halloween. Oh, and did you go out this weekend then? I did. I was um, my Melody from Sanrio. You know, Hello Kitty. Yes, yes, yes. I don't know. Yes. I, I I can't envision the character though. Um. She's a bunny with pink ears, and I did, uh, like high school stereotype jock version of my melody. Yes. Oh, I love that mashup. Yeah. Wait. I have no idea the character, so I'm just gonna nod. (laughs) Just wait. You went to my brother's Halloween party. What were were you? I did. Were you there for? Like, who did you cosplay? I was just a uh, a vampire. I love that. And Ryan was Bride of Frankenstein. Yes, yes. With an it Ariana Grande high pony. Do you follow my brother, Sean? Uh, I don't know, actually. I, yeah. I will if I don't. He goes all out for Halloween. And I wanted to try to pop in for it, but I had a gig that weekend. Well, West Hollywood is, to me, the, like, the most fun. That and New York are the two best places to do Halloween. And we have... For, I mean, I think we've flown three times from London to West Hollywood for Halloween um, because it's just such a fun weekend. It the day is out. so much fun. Yeah. It just, it's just going to be on a Tuesday this year, so I don't know if it's going to be a little bit more on the quieter side. Mm-hmm. But, do, but, are but, they doing the... but it'll, it'll still be great. It'll still be great, though. Do they still close Santa Monica Boulevard? Because I know last year they didn't. That's the thing. I don't know if they're going to this year because... It's a Tuesday, so I don't know. I, I know when it does get closer to the weekend, it'll definitely they'll close the boulevard. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, any listeners, if you have the opportunity to get to West Hollywood for Halloween, yes. it is a it is a good time. So what America- about London? They don't have mm. any uh... <laughs> Yeah, what's up with London? Jeez. So it's getting more popular, definitely, than 
when I moved here from Canada. So Canada, like America, you know, it's the weekend of Halloween. If you go out to a bar or club, everybody's in costume. Everybody puts the effort. I moved here in 2014 and we went to a, a big club and I went as Venom. And I did, I had like black leggings and I did entire body paint on my upper half, like the Cindy yeah. kind of taking over. And we arrive at the club and there's maybe 20% of people in costume. And by costume, I mean like a little bit of blood on the side of their face or maybe like some devil horns. And I'm like full, you know, three hours of body paint. Yeah, it was a little overdone. You're um, like Lindsay Lohan and Mean Girls. Yeah, it was exactly that. So <laughs> um, it's not like, you can find okay parties, but it's not the same, I think, level of effort that people do um, in North America. So yeah. that's why we generally, I try to drag my British friends back to America, Canada yeah. for Halloween when we can. It's my it's my favorite season of the year. I love fall. I love Halloween. Yeah. Speaking of more cosplay, because that's what people I'm sure really want to hear about from you and are tuning into here. Um, have you ever done a cosplay you hated and like you built it, you did it, and you'd like not not because the photographer lost the photos, but because you and Tess were like, I hate this. Um, I'm never wearing it well, again. Well, I love that cosplay. I would love to get the photos. So do you still have the costume? But just give us his handle and his cross streets and we'll get it for you. No, I don't have the costume anymore because it was just like black. Fabric, it's a piece of fabric. Ripped in rags that was like basically taped on me. It was like really. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was just a piece of fabric. But the costume that I, yes, I did an Overwatch character, McCree, and I don't play the game at all. It was for a group, um, okay. and I don't play the game at all, and so I really didn't enjoy doing the character, and I did it for BlizzCon, which is like also in my backyard. It's happening this weekend, actually, um, and I, I just don't play the game, so also people are asking me things, and I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't know this character. I'm just here for the group. So that that was that was uh, a cosplay that I did that I didn't love. But most of the cosplays I do, I I think I love them. I love like all of my cosplays. Well, oh, I love that. Well, you always look at, yeah. and I think that's part of your success as a cosplayer, why so many of us have gravitated to you on Instagram is because you can tell there's not only talent there, but also a lot of passion. And that's why, like with you and Hammy, there's a reason why you guys have been doing this for years and why people sort of congregate around you guys, because it just, it puts a smile on my face when I see a Luigi cosplay popping up on my feed. Oh, oh. You're welcome. That's the, that's the only that's the only compliment I'm giving you now. <laughs> but is there is there a cosplay that you've done that you uh, don't? Oh, you look like? at Luigi turning uh, the tables on ooh. you. Look at that. Is there one? No, I think I like you. I've done only characters that I really love. Um, I would say you, where not that I didn't like it, but I did a Captain Planet one and. It's just hard to do because the makeup's really quite difficult to get right. So I didn't think that through that. Like I did actually last year for Halloween in West Hollywood um, and I had a makeup artist do it. And then afterwards I was like, oh, I can never really redo this myself because I don't have the skills to do this type of makeup. And I'm going to look pretty janky probably if I, I do it myself. Um, so I think that's probably the one that 
I invested in building and then and, and it was Halloween and we were drinking and I really didn't think of it and I took like maybe one or two decent pictures and I was like well there you go that was it I could never redo it so um yeah I don't know that but I loved it and I love Captain Planet and I would love to redo him but I just don't know if I can do it without better making yeah. skills the, the worst is when you do a, a cosplay that's like difficult to wear or that that costume might only last one wearing and you don't really take any pictures <laughs> yeah or you take a, a hundred and you realize that only like two are good and you're like oh yeah no I I love that you were Captain Planet. We could do for WonderCon. You can be Captain Planet again, and we'll be your Planet Tears. If you do need any uh, people in California that do makeup, I know quite a few. If you did decide we'll to see. do that, well, I am planning to come to WonderCon. So um, who knows? Who knows if I'll bust him out? But the other thing, just I was surprised that a lot of people didn't know who he was. Which I think no, who doesn't know no. who Captain Planet is. I think quite a few. Like I was shocked. Okay, these zillennial twinks don't know, but like everyone else knows. I mean, you should know. I think like he's one of the greatest superheroes. So anybody who doesn't know, him, <laughs> it's, it's a bloody shame. So, wait, who uh, who's your favorite planeteer? I don't know this about you. And you too, Luigi. Who's your favorite planeteer? So I loved Wheeler. Like, of course, know, as a, as like a kid, I thought he was cute. And like, oh, we all had a crush on Wheeler. I loved Linka. I was obsessed with Linka. Although I think as an adult, I'm probably Monty, which, you know, the power of heart, I didn't really like. But at the time, I like it now. But I was obsessed with Linka and trying to track down her action figure because she was not released in that first wave of Captain Planet action figures, even though she was promoted, her and Guy. So, hmm. What I love is like as a kid, everybody like you know if if you watched the show and you were playing with your friends, no one wanted to be Mati and no one wanted Hard. But as an adult, you realize it's probably the strongest ring to have to like yeah. mind control people. Yeah. Oh my god, his name is Monty, and I called him Monty. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll blame that on the wine. Yeah, for me it was Linka. Yeah, Wind. Linka. Wind. I loved her so much, and her romance with Wheeler. I was obsessed. And Margot Kidder did the voice of of Gaia, the spirit of the Earth. Could no longer stand the terrible destruction plaguing our planet. Love her. Whoopi Goldberg do the yeah I, after Margot Kidder was uh, like I'm out peace and then Whoopi Goldberg did it. So that that's incredible that both of them sound the same and they're very different actors. So Luigi, any advice? Given that you're one of the OG cosplayers, the OG, OG, yeah. you're I'm, like I'm the Paris Hilton for, for a while. For no, a while. you're um, you're the Paris Hilton of cosplayers. What advice do you have to anybody who is sitting there at home listening to you now, looking at your Instagram and going, Oh, I, I want to do that. What would, what would you say? So I, one, if you, if you've never been to a convention, I would say go to a convention. If you're like really nervous about wearing a cosplay and you're not ready to do it, go to a convention and see what other people are doing. And I think it would give you confidence if you're already there that you know you want to do uh dress in a cosplay um i would say for your like first one just don't just have fun with it don't stress out too much about the details um unless you're like me and it's something that excites you <laughs> but you know just uh you can always like improve that cosplay l later so just yeah. have fun with it 
that's that's advice for anyone who's afraid to do something. Just go ahead, jump, and do it, and then you can improve on it later. Yeah. You can revise later. I'm sorry. Go, go to a convention and and wear one of your Halloween costumes. You know, yeah. like no one's gonna, no one's, no one's really gonna judge you. And I think, like you said about the one you hated, something that I realized quite quickly is. <laughs> If you if you don't know anything about the character you're playing, be prepared for a lot of questions because yeah. you get a lot of people that will come up and either ask you questions about the character, they'll they'll talk to you like you are the character, like especially like kids and stuff like that. So you just got to be ready, I think, for for some of that interaction yeah. and kind of expect it. And I mean, you can fake it a little bit too. I have before. <laughs> <laughs> when you have someone crazy coming up to you being like excuse me can you please explain what's going on with gambit in issue number 84 <laughs> like yeah. and you're like oh. a, wi a wizard did it a wizard did it. <laughs> a wizard did it i actually cosplayed nathan drake from uncharted before i played any of the games because i just had people tell me you gotta cosplay nathan drake so i was like yeah he's a pretty easy cosplay to do so i did That's it a tom holland character yeah. right okay yeah not the Tom Holland version, though, the game version. And through doing it, though, I played the games and ended up really loving the games and loving the characters. So that was that was pretty cool. But I probably would have never played the games if I didn't cosplay the character. I love that that was a gateway for you to start playing video yeah. games. And that cosplaying, even being a character you're not so aware of, you can do the cosplay for and then be so enchanted by the character that you want to go seek out information on him. I've met several people in the X-Men community that love the design of an X-Men character and then have gotten into X-Men comics or TV or, or uh, movies, whatnot, through cosplay. I love that. I love that. Cons, yeah. can people spot you out in the next coming, coming months? Well, I will definitely be at WonderCon. Yes, uh, we will be too. Yeah. W WonderCon's, uh, I think, the only one on my list right now but um as the year progresses i'm sure new york comic-con 2024 new york comic-con 2024 i mean i would love to go back to new york i, I went to new york comic-con one time and it was amazing amazing place to cosplay i agree i love new york comic-con obviously wait are you not doing la comic-con oh yes i am doing la comic-con <laughs> <laughs> I'm only asking That's because I, I think I can pull off LA Comic Con now. Oh, yes. you're going. I, I, I think I'm going to be doing uh, LA Comic Con. Originally, um, I was going to be going to Japan, uh, but that those plans have fell through. So I think I'm going to be going to LA Comic Con instead now. Yeah, I had a hold for a gig and that fell through. And it's my birthday weekend. And it's Ryan's birthday, my brother's birthday weekend as well. So I figured, let's go to LA and let's do it. So Luigi, let's get into your origin story. We've talked about your cosplay. We've talked about like your spooky takes. But how did you get into comics? Uh, how I got into comics was the X-Men animated series uh, that brought me to comics because I loved the show. And I think the uh, like it was the Jim Lee era. So all of uh, comic book stores were just popping up like around the neighborhood. It was like one of the best times to be alive. It was just like comic book shop on every corner. And, oh, I know. Um, and you saw all those 90s costumes everywhere. There was like Jim Lee yeah. fever everywhere. Did you have that in Canada, Sean? Yeah, I mean, I think 
like in the town I grew up in, there was definitely a comic book store. There was, I think I can remember like at least three within driving distance. And it was one of those things that, you know, it'd be a Saturday and I'd get my dad to drive me. And if they didn't have what I wanted, I'd be like, bring me to the next one and bring me to the next one. Um, so yeah, I remember like, and I think with the Flare Ultra Cards too, it was a time where, yeah, it was just, it was a good time for all of us millennial geeks to get into it, wasn't it? Oh, it was so great. And all right, is, is there a particular episode you remember from the X-Men animated series? Uh, well, my my favorite, which I probably rewatch once a year, is the Dark Phoenix saga. Because <sighs> I, I just think it's like the best visual other than the comic uh for for that story it's a faithful adaptation with the exception of the ending obviously but they did well with the ending and i forget we we did a panel at san diego comic-con and we asked larry houston and lee waltz why they went with that ending or when did they know they couldn't kill gene because of saturday morning you know regulations yeah and i'm forgetting what they said but they just thought that was like the most organic choice if they weren't going to be able to kill her just be able to bring her back to life on the spot like that and do you have another, like, other than the X-Men, do you have a favorite comic character that you resonate with? Yes, I uh, love the Bat Family, Robin, uh, Dick Grayson. Yes. Started yes. with, the Robin I started with was Jason Todd, uh, had the comic where he was killed by the Joker. Mm-hmm. Did you vote in the 90s? <laughs> Did you call that vote. 1-800 number? I think I was too young to vote, so I, I didn't vote. But uh, yeah, I I was um, it was a good comic. Yeah, it's it's one of the saddest comics, I think. Wait, how did you feel when he came back to life when he was revealed to be Red Hood? I'm so used to him now, so like I like him as a character now. But at the time, I was like, no, he should stay dead. It was you know, but. Uh, now I, I appreciate the character a lot, and I like the whole dynamic of the Bat Family, Red Hood, Nightwing. Um, Put them in order. Family, right? <laughs> rank them, rank them, rank them. Right, rank, rank them. Rank them. <laughs> <laughs> We're putting you on the spot. Okay, so it's going to be um, Dick Grayson, yes. Jason Todd, um, Tim, Drake, uh barbara stephanie damien i love stephanie so much stephanie brown is one yeah. of my favorite characters out there wait so dick grayson is number one for you what what is it about dick grayson that just why does he resonate with you i don't know he kind of has like that like kind of heart of gold sweet older brother vibe and i'm an older brother so mm. i just kind of Kind of related, related to him. I get that older brother vibe <laughs> quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, I love Dick Grayson. I've always loved. I, I, I think Dick's story is always like the most interesting because, in so many ways, he's supposed to be the successor for Batman. Yet he's yeah. the one who has the most complicated relationship with Batman. All, all of them. He understands Bruce the best. He's the one who's most resentful to Bruce, and yet he's the first one to be present for family dinner and i just think the character's evolution from robin even though i love him as robin i i adore him as nightwing and was it morrison when they wrote dick and damien as batman and robin and i love that entire era and then we got the return of bruce wayne yeah it was fun 
I think Dick gets really great stories. Dick gets yeah, good he, stories. Yeah. And he has the best ass in comics. So. I mean, yes. I mean, and by the way, your Dick Grayson, perfect chef's kiss on that. You Thank nail you. you nail the cosplay up to the ass as well. <laughs> Thank you. Do you have a favorite X character then? We've yeah. we've we've gone broad. Favorite, okay, favorite X character. Um it is Shadow Cats. Yeah. With a K. Uh, so Jesus Christ. Let me pour myself another glass of wine. Dude, I had the biggest crush on you until this moment. And now we're done. Yeah. How do I mute him? <laughs> yeah. How do we mute him here? How do we <laughs> you might as well have just said beast? <laughs> the the reason why she's my favorite character is I really gravitated towards Excalibur. I was like also kind of like a like a like a Brit Britophile or like an Anglophile, yeah, Anglophile. Anglophile, yeah, yeah. Um, so I loved Excalibur. It was like the mutants in in England, and I just thought the story of um, well, actually, like my favorite character would be between her and Nightcrawler because okay, they were fair. both they were both in uh, you know in this new country and kind of like just mourning because they thought the X Men died. And it, it's just a really like sweet dynamic. And I remember like as a kid, uh, there was a few issues where she was sent to a boarding school by um, the other members of Excalibur because she was like being a brat. I mean, it's Shadowcat with a K, of course, <laughs> to ship her off. So, so uh, you know, and she had like like bullies at the boarding school and stuff. And then she kind of came out ahead and like beat them up and stuff. And I thought that was really cool. And I really related to that during that time uh, in school. So that's why I have that connection with her. As far as like the way that she's written after Excalibur, I cannot say I'm a big fan, but I'll always have that like special place in my heart for that time period. But the... Um, the helmet, the uh, Kate to Shadow Cat with a K and all that. I, like, I'm not, I'm not the biggest like fan, but our Kate smack. <laughs> I I think Shadow Cat, unfortunately, is one of those characters that she's at the mercy of whatever the writer wants her to be, and that's sort of my larger criticism with the character. I think her coming up in the X books in the eighties and joining Excalibur, even through astonishing X-Men, I think the character is solid. I'm very happy with it. Yeah. But then she becomes headmistress Kitty with the, let me speak to your manager haircut. She becomes a space pirate. She becomes a regular pirate. She becomes shadow cat with a K. The character just has so many different incarnations. That it's sort of hard to, Put a put your finger on who she's supposed to be. In, in one instance, she's the leader of the X Men. The next one, she's an ingenue. Yeah, and and I I, I like the Shadow Cat for me that I related to was the Shadow Cat that was really unsure of her place in the world and unsure of herself. And, and I love that. Then this the new new Shadow Cat, not the biggest fan of. But did you like Pride of the X Men? You must have loved Pride of the X Men. Because she and Nightcrawler had so many scenes together, and I think that also laid the foundation for for that for a whole generation of yeah. of fans. I mean, I I didn't watch Pride of the X Men until a lot later because um, I wasn't able to get a copy of it. But when I did watch it, I I did uh, appreciate that 
relationship between the two. And I think that's why like a lot of younger people that maybe have gotten into X-Men during that time period have uh, Kitty Pride as a favorite because of that. I, I feel like we were supposed to relate to her because she was the young one. She was the, you know, tagging yeah. along with the the adults. But I mean, technically they're all in their like 20s, right? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, aren't we like... all? Aren't we all on that X-Men yes. sliding time scale of age? Or the resurrection, the, we can resurrect at whatever age we want. Did you wait? Did you watch X Men Evolution? What did you think of them in X Men Evolution? I did not watch X Men Evolution. Yeah, X Men Evolution. We we're probably all three around the same like age range here, and X Men Evolution probably came out just when we were just done with watching yeah. those yeah. cartoons. And even though I, I I've watched it, it's not terrible, but you had to be there to watch it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I have a lot of friends that their their X Men period was X Men Evolution, and they they didn't watch the animated series. And I was like, oh, it's a very different because they'd be like, oh, I love Kitty Pride too, and I love this about her, and like, and I was like, that does not sound like the Kitty Pride that I know. But I mean, she was Valley again. I mean, Kitty just morphed so much throughout the ages. Yeah. She was Valley Girl Kitty. She was a Star Lord Kitty. She's everything. Wait, okay. So before we ask you for some hot takes, let me ask you a really quick lightning round of questions here favorite x-men writer artist and arc so those three who is your favorite x-men writer artist and best x-men arc uh chris claremont of course of course <laughs> classic i mean we 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 love daddy claremont yes um so so best writer what was the next one and the best, best artist and best arc uh Inferno. Yes. Yeah. Inferno. I mean, it's so good. And the best uh, artist. I mean, I'm going to have to go with, I know it's like basic, but I got to go with Jim Lee because that's, no. that's just what got me. That's what got me into, got me yeah. into it all. And I love the over the top nineties designs of the costumes and everything. And that like, whenever I go to a, a cosplay myself, I want to do that like bright, colorful uh, costume. I think Jim Lee, when, I, I'm forgetting if David Nakayama or someone else on the podcast said this, but or I read it somewhere. The art that we were getting from Jim Lee in the early 90s, it was just not art we were getting anywhere else. And it was just like no. the, the positioning in the bodies. It was, it was cool. It was sexy. It was powerful. It was... It was expressive. It, it, it was just a melting pot of so many different qualities for the art that I can see why Jim Lee has endured, why Jim Lee speaks to so many of us. But I, but I will say that if it wasn't Jim Lee, and I just don't know if he did that many, I know he's done some X-Men issues, but I don't know if you'd consider him an X-Men artist, but I love Alan Davis. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, Kitty, the Alan Davis hair. We yeah. always talk about Kitty's Alan Davis's hair. Yes. Yes. I, I only liked Kitty with the Alan Davis hair. That was it. <laughs> okay, so Sean was at MCM back in May, and I was supposed to go, and I had a list of everyone I wanted to hit, but I couldn't go because we were doing plumbing. And I was like, you have to hit Alan Davis. And Sean wasn't able to get to Alan Davis because that is like the Jim Lee yeah. of the UK there. Yeah. I mean, of course, it's like it's impossible to get to, but I was, I was ambitious that we were going to be able to talk to Alan Davis. And I would have died. The lineup was very long, and I was with friends that 
we're not willing to wait. So, <laughs> so for, yeah. for me, it would be like Art Adams, like Jim Lee, Art Adams, and Alan Davis, that trifecta there. And we saw, yeah. Sean, we saw Art Adams at New York Comic Con. I flipped out. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to go talk to him. And like 10 minutes later, I was back. I was like, okay, I talked to him. I'm happy now with my life. Well, I would say if, if, if you are really into meeting like the artists, New York Comic Con is the con to go to, I think. Just, yeah. The artist alley there is just so fantastic. I don't think Alan Davis was there. I think Alan Davis only does like MCM. He does San Diego Comic Con. He has done it a few times. He was there when I did San Diego Comic Con. Um, and he didn't really have a line. I did talk to him a little bit. Uh, I cannot believe we live in a world where Alan Davis does not have a line at San Diego Comic Con. He did not. What did have you a line. ask him? Um, I, I I just asked him about Excalibur, and uh, you know, just told him that you know I loved his work. Um, he did have like someone waiting on a commission, so I didn't want to take up too much of his time. I would have uh, sat right next to him and be like, "He no, didn't continue. have any." Disappointingly, he didn't have any prints for sale, so he was just doing a few commissions, and he wasn't there. He, it was like he was there for a time slot. So he wasn't there. He didn't have like a booth where he was there all day. Okay. All right. Well, Alan Davis of San Diego Comic Con, we know what we're doing this summer or next summer. Yeah. <laughs> we're just going to be hitting him up. Okay. So let's ask you some of your hot takes. I'm going to kick it over to Sean for the first hot take. All right. So don't think too long about these. Just go with whatever's in your heart. Okay. Answer quickly. <laughs> Who is the hottest summer's brother? Uh, that would be Scott, Scott Cyclops. Eh, wrong. It's supposed to be Adam X. What's wrong with you, Luigi? Is he is he considered an actual brother? He is. He considered... isn't. But you need to indulge Day Spring if he you want to come to the He is. X Men Legends confirms <laughs> that he is one of the brothers by Catherine, by Catherine, not by by not by Corsair, but by Catherine. But Cyclops is hot. That's the only reason why yes. I'm talking to Sean because some Cyclops cosplayer messaged me last year. I was like, "Ooh, who's this?" And now it's my best friend. <laughs> it's my BFF. <laughs> so moving on, there's Nate something Ray. special about those Cyclops uh, cosplayers. Yeah. It just hits different. All right, next one: Nate Gray and Madeline Pryor, soulmates or weird? No, there's only one answer. No, Luigi, don't do this. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. I know where you're going. Just do it. Don't. Do it. Don't. No, I, I weird. Weird. Oh my god. You're yeah. striking out in this lightning round. Okay. I Fine. mean, Fair. hot, hot, hot. <laughs> okay. How about that an panel? Easier? I love that. That that panel was shocking. Loved it. But I will yeah. concede in the most recent Jean Grey issue, it's implied that Madeline is part of Jean Grey's soul. So as Sean pointed out in the comments of the post, yes, by that logic, then that would make them somewhat related. And that's fair and fine. And I will concede to that point. But only if you accept that Madeline and Jean are one and the same. Oh, no, I can't accept that. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Boom. Okay. Emma or Jean? Uh, I, got, I, I love them both, but I, I got to say Jean. I got to say Jean. That's a great answer. That's, I, I love them both, too. It's like kind of saying like pizza or hamburgers. Like, 
You're always get you, you yeah. love them both for a very different reason. Like, Sean, are you you're you're Emma? I'm Team Emma all the way. I'm not a huge Jean Grey fan at all. I think she's, I think she's just a bit overdone and a bit boring. But there you go. I don't know why you would think this cosmic being who's ascended from the mortal coil into godhood would be boring, but that's okay. That's okay. It's fine. <laughs> They're all going to come from me now. They're all going to come from me. On, on the from the ashes and Phoenix Force yeah. creations, you're going to try to hack your account yeah. now. <laughs> all right. We'll all bring... I know is I always want, I, I love having Gene around and I love having Emma around. Like, they're. That's true. They I have do a love good di- dynamic. Yeah. They do have. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And we don't like pitting women against each other based off of a man. It's just these are two big powerhouses. You want to see them yeah. be frenemies, not yeah. fight over Cyclops. It's just that they're. Very powerful characters. Who can resist? Next hot take. Wolverine, Jean, and Cyclops. Are you here for it? Or are you not there for it? I am here for it. Yeah. Very much here for it. Agreed. I'm glad that they were able to flip that trope. Like, if we had to suffer through the Krakone era of them fighting over Jean, it'd be like, what the fuck? I love that scene where Cyclops and Wolverine are sitting down, and Cyclops is like, Cyclops in a speedo, and Wolverine's like, "Who wants to miss that?" Do you see Cyclops? It just hits different with Cyclops. Everybody, everybody <laughs> yeah. wants a piece of them. Everyone loves a Boy Scout. Hottest X Men. Hottest X Men. <laughs> okay, well, I think we kind of know the answer to this one. Uh, which is the worst yes. movie, Dark Phoenix or Last Stand? La- uh, I think Dark Phoenix overall is a worse movie than last stand but there is some moments that i really loved in dark phoenix just visually some moments with the powers and and uh scenes so i will say that i still like dark phoenix better than last stand for those moments i think like you know one of the things i was disappointed with with dark phoenix was that it was a rehash of Last Stand, essentially. Yeah. And that they didn't do a proper Phoenix effect until the end. And you're like, you did it in Apocalypse. You you foreshadowed in an Apocalypse. Why yeah. wouldn't you just lean into it now? I shrug. That was like a serious misfire. It, it's such an obvious misfire that it only took someone paying attention to what was happening on the message boards to rectify that. But. The only thing I will say about the two is I know most people put Last Stand as really bad, but at least people remember that it was a movie. And I think the Dark Phoenix movie, I have moments where I'm like, oh yeah, they made that movie. That actually happened. I'm pretty sure I watched it on an airplane. You know, like that's how forgettable that movie was. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> She's nodding. Mm. He's like, I don't agree with you, yeah. but sure. No, no, I mean, I, I agree with you, the, like, story overall. I, I Like I said, visually, there's scenes in it, like the scene with Dazzler. Um, oh, the, yeah, we love uh, House and Sage so much on this podcast. Yeah. You know, we, we've tried to get House and Sage, but she's very busy. She has a, she Her last movie in 2019 is really taking up a lot of her time. <laughs> <laughs> Sean's like, I'm not touching that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to be canceled. <laughs> the House and Sage fans, all two of them are going to come for me. Bring it. Sorry. Oh, but yeah, it was a very beautiful, it was a very beautiful scene. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. I was gonna say, and... the, why don't you do the last hot take? Okay. I'll do the last hot take. Wait, do you want to face your Dazzler thoughts? Oh, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. You're like, there's not much more to say about House and Sage. Okay. No. Last question. 
So the X-Men are kind of coming to the end of the Krakoan age. They have a new chapter waiting for them. What do you want to see out of the X-Men in the future? I don't want to see them go back to the mansion. Because I feel like, you know, we got to, we got to like evolve. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I feel like uh, maybe taking on more, more things to do with like um, humanity, humans would be interesting. Which is always the core of the X-Men. They're yeah. always struggling for acceptance in a world that fears and hates them. I think that dogma is something that the, the X-Books need to really sink their teeth in, too. Yeah, and I, I, like, I think it would be interesting if they, uh, you know, somehow related it to, like, current events, uh, current things that are, like, happening in the world. Um, I, I always love when an X-Book gets a little bit political. I we love political X books. I think X Men Red is probably one of my favorite recent, like not the X Men Red that's happening right now, but the one that was starring Jean Grey. But it dealt with fake news and what it meant to be a superhero in this era where news can be manipulated, and Twitter sort of is the dominant source of of news for a lot of people. I thought it was brilliant, so I agree. I want a relevant X Men take with everything that's going on in the world. I cannot believe we had the opportunity to chat with you for almost two hours. You are, yes. you are the heartthrob. So much fun! I've been the heartthrob of the X Men community. Please, you are like the king of the X Men community. So I'm uh, really happy to be on. Where can folks at home find you? So on uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I'm Super X Luigi or X now. Are you just X Luigi? <laughs> yeah, he, he's <laughs> no, rebranded I mean, to keep up. Yeah, um, no, but uh, yeah. So super X Luigi on all the on all the socials, pretty easy. When we were talking to Chris yesterday, Sean, we were like, "Oh yeah, we're going to interview Luigi tomorrow," and he's a cosplayer. And Chris is like, "Oh, is his name Luigi? Why, why is his name Luigi?" And I was like, "Oh, because I guess he cosplays as Luigi." And then they took a beat. I was like, "Oh wait, but his name is also Luigi." <laughs> But you have cosplayed Luigi, haven't you? I have. I had to. I had to. Yeah. So there you go. It's all full circle. As far as like when Super Mario Brothers Two was out, I was a Peach player. I was not a Luigi player. I love Peach. Peach um, is one of my favorite. I never. Favorite I never. Never uh, Smash Brothers. Or whatever. I, I never play as Luigi. But you know, I gotta. I gotta cosplay my namesake. Wait, have you played Luigi's Mansion? Yes. Yes, I loved it so much. I played my it. I game, that was pre-pandemic. My mansion would be a little bit different. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, where would your mansion be? <laughs> we we had ideas about how my my game would would play out. It'd be a different different floors. There would be different um, men that you got to conquer. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> and and stay tuned for the next podcast we have coming up tomorrow that one will be behind a paywall so subscribe it's gonna be on our only fans yeah. tomorrow yeah. boom right there luigi, it's gotta such, be it's gotta be luigi such a pleasure so happy we got to speak to you sean yeah where 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 are the folks sliding to your dms what do we have coming up on the podcast i don't i don't even know anything we do what anymore do we have, well we've got this one we have a rant about dazzler and taylor swift which is 
inevitably gonna have Swifties coming to get us. No, oh, I know. Uh, I can't have any more people hacking my accounts. Like, stop it, guys. I'll just give you my password. Like, just as long as I don't get those notifications oh. at 3 in the morning. Yeah, and then hopefully once, you know, everything's resumed with the strikes, we can, we were talking to Lucas Till's people, Olivia Munn's people, we can resume those. And, you know, with everything going on with the Xbox in January, we will be covering them and having creators as they, as they come up. And then hopefully, good stuff. And hopefully we're all three going to be doing WonderCon. Nate Gray, Nate Gray. Nate Gray, AOA Magneto, and Marvel. That's going to be hot. Yeah. Iconic. 